there, folks. This is Christian Lugo coming to you from Los Angeles, California. Thanks for joining, everyone. It is January 20th, 2021, the inauguration of Joseph R. Biden Jr., also known as Uncle Joe, the new president of the United States. Very excited to see this. And our new vice president. History has been made today. Kamala Harris, the first female and African-American Vice President, it is a beautiful day here, and what a perfect day to have such a wonderful guest on the show today, Mr. Skylar McKinley, a man who never seems to disappoint. Always good to have him around with his sparkling personality and his can-do attitude. He's a nice chap. And while you guys are here, I might as well go ahead and mention if you guys can leave a rating and review, that would help me out a lot. But regardless, if you're here, that's all that matters. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 25 of Conversations from a Room. Cool. I think we should be good. Uh, so let me uh, let me catch you up to speed, man. How's how's everything going? Like how you how you been? Uh, I've been good. You know, I'm just sitting at home. I'm uh, playing Mario Kart. I got a Nintendo Switch, so that's made my afternoons much. Yeah, better. that seems and, to uh, be everyone's favorite thing right now. That's like when the Game Boy came out. Everyone wanted one, but now we're all in our thirties, and we we want the Switch now. Is that how it works? Well, you know what's funny is I keep calling it a Wii. I keep telling my friends like, "Hey, I got a Wii," and they're like, "What? <laughs> why you- like that? Why would you get a Wii?" Well, because I don't know. They changed the name of these things. They should just call it. You know. Who does this right it's microsoft they're like it's just all xbox <laughs> well the wii was cool because it was more interactive than any other game yeah i don't want to mix exercise with video games that's why i didn't like the wii it's like oh you're supposed to move around it's like okay well you missed the point well thanks for doing this man i woke up like two hours ago i'm ready to go man that's that la lifestyle well it's only one I just started seeing a therapist online right now. He's he's being very helpful, which is always nice to have. That's my my early morning Tuesday routine. Being a therapist is a lot like hosting a podcast. It's the same thing. Like it's funny that you're like you can tell anything to your therapist, but you also don't want to sound like a schmuck. You know, you want you want your conversations to be somewhat educational and like inspirational. I want him to think I'm not that crazy. And that he like feels good about talking to me. I get that. I have the opposite problem where I'll talk to my therapist and sometimes I feel like he's living vicariously through me. He'll be like, oh, so you, you seeing any ladies lately? You go to the bar and you meet any ladies? I'm like, no, there's a <laughs> pandemic. I haven't. Yeah, I get it. It's, it's been kind of weird, man. It's It's been weird. But I felt like this is something that um, it's, it's not bad. It's keeping me sane. It's keeping me grounded. But uh, it's been it's been a weird kind of couple months. So. You know, this is where we're at now. I'm hoping the best for the future, and we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. But uh, so far, I uh, I've bought a motorcycle, which is a real real midlife big midlife crisis situation. You know, I uh, I had a motorcycle for many years. Did you in Washington D.C. when I was living with Noah? Yeah, I was a big bicycle, motorcycle, bicycle, motorbicycle. Oh, a bicycle. You were a bicycle. No, I was a motorcycle. It was a motor bicycle. I mean, no, it was a regular bicycle. It was very good motorbike. I had a motorcycle. I was a motorcycle guy. (laughs) It was a bicycle with a motor on it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I bought this like 1982 Suzuki, and it's it's been fun, man. It's like a little cafe racer. It's nice and i've just been riding around town and it's it's been really really liberating i had an 85 honda nighthawk cb650 it was oh a great the bike. nighthawks were cool man that's awesome it was yeah. when it was when honda was trying to rip off harley so it's like we've made a motorcycle 
that uh, is chrome. It's like that's yeah, the one that has. It almost has like a tail, right? Yeah, it had a little tail fin. It was nice. So what happened? You just decided you didn't want to continue doing the the dangerous life of riding on a vehicle that's protected by nothing but a helmet. Yeah, I got hit. I got hit. I was living in DC and I got hit by a doctor. Thank God you got hit by someone who can also help you at the same no, time. No, but then if you've ever been in a motorcycle crash, you're like, leave me alone. Like you're on the ground and like people are running to help and you're like, I don't want anything to do yeah. with you. Leave <laughs> yeah, me yeah. alone. Yeah. And so I don't even get his insurance information or anything. So like 30 minutes later, I'm still there. I'm like, man, I really biffed this. Because uh, it's like, as a doctor, I was like, I could have gotten a new motorcycle if I just, you know. But, <laughs> but what, was the, what was the initial crash? I guess it wasn't that bad. It was kind of just like a- I actually hit him, but he was at fault. I was turning left across a lane of traffic and it, it, visibility was bad. So I turned and I basically I hit his hood and I go over. Mm -hmm. So and then I, I kind of did like a Dukes of Hazard thing where I slid over his hood, but it was just by accident because like my bike hit his wheel well. And oh of course God. he was in a nice, he was, he was in like a nice Mercedes. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Literally I'm on the ground looking up. I'm like, <laughs> I'm really sorry about your Mercedes. And it was fine. I mean, and then I, I was kind of screwed up for a couple of weeks after that. Oh like, yeah. I had a concussion, but after that, once I moved back from D.C., I was like, ah, this is going to kill me. Oh, I'd much rather no. die of something more fun than a motorcycle, you know? Do you think at the time you were being less aware of your of what was going on? Like like you said, it's your fault. Do you think you could have avoided it? Is there a way that you would have gone on the bike and be like, this can't happen again? No, no. I, I mean, it's a, matter of, it's a matter of when. You will eventually crash your motorcycle. That's why you always got to wear a helmet. Uh, and I know, like, out in D.C., I was pretty careful, but if I was riding out here in Colorado, I'd be reckless again. Like, I just know me well enough to know, like, there's no way I don't, I don't die on this. Um, I mean, that's, that's, see, that was my whole thing is that, like, I, I live in one of the most congested cities in the world. I mean, there, there, there are instances where I'm like, whoa, 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 this can get really dicey, but I feel pretty confident on it. It feels, it just feels right. I, I don't go on the highways because I, I can't even get it on the highway, honestly. I don't think, it's yeah. a 250, so it can't even really go past like 60 miles per hour. Yeah, stay off the highway and you'll be fine. And actually, Los Angeles is a good place for it because you can lane split and yes. um, you're just in congestion anyway, so you'll probably be fine. Oh yeah, I mean, um, there's, no, there's no reason to go faster than like 25, 30 miles per hour at any given time. I mean, that's it. That's like the normal traffic speed here. But still, I mean, you can, you can get hit at 10 miles per hour. But, but it's been fun, man. It's been a joyride. Living in D.C. with that bike was great because it was like a movie and it had a bad starter. So I had to kickstart it almost all the time. Oh, that's kind of so, cool. So like, I'd be, I'd be in front of like the Washington Monument, you know, and it's like midnight. There's no cars. I'm just like running, running down the National Mall trying to hop on my bike and kickstart it. And uh, that's <laughs> that was my memory of college. And then cool, like you, there's all those colleges down there, GW, and they'd be staring at you laughing. And then I was like a regular feature where like some homeless guy would be like, bad starter. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's me again. I'm just trying to go home. <laughs> but this is the show, Conversations yeah. from a Room. I'm your host. Christian Lugo, you're my guest, Skylar McKinley. That's on a good day, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again for being here, man. Well, let me get my phone because I have like a set list of stuff that I like to talk about. I don't know where I put it. Now we've got dead air. Now I'm the host. Uh, the host has left. So uh, I, I am now the host of the program. Uh, we've got Liberace on tonight. Liberace will be telling us all about his latest conquest with women. No women eyes are quite like Liberace. All right. So how's it been going for you during all this this weird time, this wrap-up of 2020? What, what do you get from all of this? I've had a nice kind of year. I mean, look, I was, before this all happened, I was always, like, every night of the week, I was out, I was going to the bar, I was meeting people that kind of wears you down and you don't realize it when you're in it. And like, I never spent any time at home. I didn't have any good hobbies. So like, 
I miss, I miss that. And I really feel for all my friends. A lot of my friends are in service and, and they're hurting. But for me personally, look, I've adapted. Uh, I'm going to be okay. I'm keeping my head high. If I have to keep doing this for another eight months, it'll be okay. Well, you look good. I'm literally wearing a sweatshirt and I, I haven't combed my hair in like six weeks. You know, I grew out the beard. That's just, you know, I'm, I'm really taking advantage of this thing. Yeah, I don't know. I can't grow a beard. So it's like, I might as well just keep combing my hair. Anything you've been doing to kind of, you said you got new hobbies that you've been doing during the, uh, during this time. Yeah, like, I've gotten really into jazz, like in, in like in an old man sort of way where I know how to listen to jazz. I'm like, oh, that's a nice take five. I prefer when Sonny Rollins briefly with that quartet he was traveling with oh, in 1972. Really? They did it. Yeah, because you just sit at home and like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to work out or anything. So who's one of your favorite jazz musicians? I really like Rasan Roland Kirk lately, who's really? a really g- genius saxophonist. Yeah, uh, Roland Kirk, you can see him. I listen to a ton of Sonny Rollins. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'm still a deadhead, so I've gotten real deep on all that, including some of Jerry's jazzy recordings. But mm-hmm. yeah, like most mornings, you know, I come in, I get up real early because I just get up early. So then like, you know, I go walk the dog, I get coffee, then I sit at home and listen to jazz for an hour. That's and awesome. I get to work and, you got a yeah. record player? Yeah, I got a record player. Everybody in Denver does. Everyone, it's twenty twenty. All the millennials have one now. It, it's like a, having a CD player at this point. That's awesome. I, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of yeah. Duke Ellington. I because I, I never really listened to him before, but I've been committing to listen to a lot of his tracks now. And he's 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 incredible, man. He's the king. I mean, he's genius. Just a, a musical genius. Yeah, I, and yeah. it's so funny because there's so many people from that era. Um, where it's just like, oh my God, you're the best to ever live. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I've been going back and forth between him, obviously, you know, Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald, Miles Davis, you know, like the, the popular ones, the, the commercialized ones, but you know, their, their music is timeless, man. I mean, it's just incredible. If you're listening to Miles, if you're listening to Miles, here's my one exhortation to you. Sure. Miles had a lot of great members of his band, including Herbie Hancock and mm-hmm. Herbie Hancock really invented, uh, jazz funk. Um, and there's so much fusion jazz that came out of Herbie Hancock, uh, who had different orchestras of his own. So like, just put on Headhunters, try that out. Once you're listening to Miles, listen to like Sketches of Spain, and then like, oh, maybe I'll put on Headhunters. And then then you're funky, man. Oh, that, really? That's some, yeah. You can really feel the transition? Yeah. Uh, what's the one? There's a live release from that same era called Flood. That's really excellent. Um, you know, vinyl, but it's all streaming. I mean, it's all out there. And then also, you know, we're lucky. We have just a great jazz station in Denver. LA probably has one too. It's just like, sometimes I'll just yeah, throw yeah, that on. Yeah, we have K-Jazz. And- K-Jazz is great. I listen to K-Jazz quite often. Uh, and another good station in LA is KCRW, which they, it's like public talk radio, but they also have like new bands or local bands that are just trying to make it in the market. But that's, uh, that's awesome, man. That's, I, I, I love jazz. Jazz is like the perfect sort of environmental music. Really, it's like that quintessential saying like it sets the mood it really does you know yeah. jazz never disappoints man it always it always, yeah. it's always there jazz is always going to be there it's never going to go away that's what i love about it that's awesome dude let me ask you if you don't mind how, how old are you i'm 28 you are an old soul i mean you 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 love old classic everybody thinks that music drinks you always hang out with people older than you i think because you are are very mature you know, you have this playful, childlike sort of rhythm to you. Where do you think that comes from? Well, you know, I'm young, but my liver is 60, so it's a lot of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Internally, um, you're, you're super yeah. old. It's not looking good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you you the, have, uh, like, this old-world mentality to you, you know? You're, you're like a classic I think where guy. that comes from is, like, when I was a kid, we didn't have, like, cable. So I just would watch, like, old Carson repeats or, like, a Cary Grant movie or Humphrey Bogart. So, like, I'm just looking at these guys who it's, like, 1957. I'm like this is what it means to be a man. And you're like, it's funny how TV or, or entertainment 
kind of raises us as we're kids. I had cable as a kid, and I grew up watching, like, SNL or, you know, whatever was on TBS that night. It was usually, like, a Jim Carrey movie or Robin Williams film, you know? So that's basically how I became a, a an, a, an ass clown. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The second we got cable, you know what I watched? I just watched old repeats of Roseanne. So it's like, <laughs> that's why I curse so much. It's just yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's like, that's, that's why I'm single is because I can only call my spouse by going, hey! <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I you know, it's funny. I never even watched Roseanne. I think it was like p- just past my time. It's not good. It's really depressing. It's like, is it really? It's like, well, Roseanne, there was an accident on the meat floor today. It's like, this is a sitcom. It's like, I'm another day of getting my ass grabbed as a waitress. It's like, okay, Roseanne, first off, nobody is doing that to you. Yeah, yeah I wa- and- I'll watch shows like that. Like, I'll watch uh, episodes of Frasier every now and then. I'm like, wow, this episode did not age well. There's a lot of, oh, you know what movie I watched last night, actually? Still funny. Still, still a, a classic is old school, but there are so many lines and situations in this movie. I'm like, this would not play today at all. This would not be allowed to be anywhere right now. And you know what? I actually kind of think that, so you hear a lot of comedians complain about this, like PC culture. Has, sure, has, sure. But I actually, I think comedy's gotten better because like you can't have those really easy, you know, jokes about farting or about sex or you mm-hmm. actually have to have like comprehensive humor which is why like tim and eric is good it is better but it's it's the fact that it's more impressive the fact that they can still have such smooth comedy having all these hurdles you know what's funny is i watched austin powers last night which has a lot of great gags i mean mm-hmm. it's still a funny iconic movie mike myers had such a hot year with you know because I, I mean there was a point where mike myers was just the funniest man ever when he had austin powers and, mm-hmm. and so much else but but then i was watching that movie i'm like it's the the plot is terrible it's the first time i've watched it as an adult i'm like they haven't explained well, why. The plot is just James Bond. Kind of, but it's a bad James Bond. It's like unexplained. I didn't I didn't get that until I was much older because I didn't know what 007 was when I was in the 90s because, I mean, we had Pierce Brosnan, but it just, they're basically making fun of like GoldenEye or yeah, Octopus. The old ones. Yeah, the old yeah. like Sean Connerys and whatnot. So those are the ones that it relates to. And I didn't realize that that's what they were making fun of. And so, yeah, I guess I didn't really care. I didn't really think about what the plot was because to me it was uh, about a guy who was a secret agent who was trying to stop this man from plotting to take over the world or whatever. It was just – it was the classic story of, you know, good versus evil, you know. That's why they named him – Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil. It was so yes. so simple, but so perfect, you know? Each one got better than the next. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, all three are good. That's the thing. It's like, yeah. I, I, I remember like, oh, wait, the second one, because I watched the first two, I was like, thinking the second one would be terrible. I'm like, oh, wait, wow, really consistent work. And then Mike Myers does this great consistent work, and then he ends his whole career with the love guru. <laughs> the love. Well, he's made little appearances here and there, but... I think I think Mike my uh, Michael Myers Mike Myers not Michael Myers uh, he's a murderer sociopath yeah. I think Mike Myers had kind of made that decision that like you know I've done all this great stuff and I can probably just coast from here and I just want to like spend time with my family and he can easily come back and do whatever he wants to be honest like Eddie Murphy for example like Eddie Murphy yeah. did Dolomite which was great and he had everybody loved it everyone yeah. loved it great movie it had heart it had it had uh you know comedy it had everything and he was good in it you you have this title that you can come back and do whatever you want but sometimes you're you're comfortable just you know passing the torch down or just or, or sitting back and enjoying what you've done you know and i think mike myers is there i will say mike myers has one problem that eddie murphy doesn't have and it's mike myers i don't know if you've seen recent photos there's a certain type of man who ages to look like a middle school gym teacher as they get older. <laughs> and Mike Myers, unfortunately, is now starting to look like a middle school gym teacher woman. 
Um, so I think that needs to be incorporated in his next role. And there's a lot of people like this. Phil Lesh looks like Tilda Swinton, but there's just certain people who like, when you yeah. age, it's like, wow, you were my first grade gym teacher and you were so mean to me. Do you remember in the 2000s where every, almost every comedy was, was one comedian playing like 10 different roles? 10 people? Yeah. 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 Do you think we're- That was the peak of 90s humor <laughs> yeah. where it's like, don't cast anybody else. Yeah. 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 It's like, I can play them all. It's yeah, like, yeah. I'm Dr. Doolittle. Actually, that always blew my mind too. Like, watching Dr. Doolittle because you knew Eddie Murphy was the big fat, you know, Dr. Doolittle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then it's like, it's also his mom. I'm like, no, no actor has that range. Yeah. No, he was the mom. He was the uncle. He was the cousin. I mean, it was mostly the dinner scenes where he was all those people. But yeah, he would go between playing, you know, young, hotshot Eddie Murphy to this this overweight, kind of nerdy, nutty professor. And Not yeah. your professor, that's what it is. Not Dr. Doolittle. Oh, yeah, Dr. yeah. Dr. Doolittle's the one where he's normal. Yeah, and yeah. then Mike Myers was all the... By the end of the third movie, he was like five different characters. This format seems to really work. So <laughs> we're just gonna... You know, it saves them money, too. Yeah, it saves them a lot of money on hiring new actors. That's crazy. I wonder if he did get paid per role. Because think about it. I mean, that's that's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, know? I wonder if he has five SAG cards for that. It's like, yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, like, it goes to show, man. Like, he did so much work. I mean, he could just kind of sit back and enjoy his his career you know i don't see why not well and so i married an axe murderer is like one of the best movies ever made um like and that was not even one of his hits but he just made he made so i made married an axe murderer which is just non-stop laughs yeah and then he then after that he's like wayne's world and austin powers yeah i haven't made anything yeah that's true and, yeah who are we to say it's funny i never, yeah. now that i think about it I don't, I don't think i've ever seen him in a role where he just plays a guy he's either wayne or austin or i mean i can't think or the guru because <laughs> you know he was really famous for be oh and then shrek yeah i was like what else is he talking oh shrek? he's shrek yeah, he's, he's fucking also, shrek yeah which is huge oh I mean, he doesn't need to work he no, doesn't need shrek. to work yeah and they're, apparently they're coming shrek out with money. a new one yeah i mean yeah. come on that's shrek money there's like five of them and they're all hits yeah no he's he's gonna be all right we're uh, we're over here like oh, i wonder if mike myers is okay <laughs> like He's totally yeah. fucking fine. He's got that Shrek money. Yeah, that I mean, Cameron money. Diaz was, he was cast next to Cameron Diaz at the peak of her career. Speaking, it's like, yeah, the female lead will be Cameron Diaz. I like how we're going back between him and Eddie Murphy. They were both in that movie. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, you're right. Fuck, they were both in. What a banger. Of course it killed at the box office. Yeah. It's Cameron Diaz, Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. And Smash Mouth did the theme song. Oh, that's right. At that, that was a time where Smash Mouth, that not even Smash Mouth, just that one song was the most important thing. That was literally that song, All Star, was that generation's. Uh, what is it? Uh, Old, Old Town Road. Old Town Road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How they, it's like it's just that one song that's just blown out of proportion. I, everywhere, just yeah, everywhere. Yeah. I remember as a kid, like I, I, I remember like I'd see my cousins. They're like, we're gonna do a talent show. I'm like, cool. And then, like, everybody's talent was singing that song. I'm like, I was like, this is kind of Everyone lame. just chose all-star. Like, all yeah, and I'm doing magic tricks, and they're like, no, this is an all-star-only <laughs> talent show. I'm like, well, I, I don't know that song. I just know how to do magic tricks. <laughs> so everyone just did, what, like, sang that song in their Basically, own Basically, yeah. And I remember, I remember being just a child and being like, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even as a kid, you're like, there's something wrong here, yeah. right? We should change this up. Yeah. All right, well, speaking of movies... Uh, Basically, the topic of this entire, like the theme of this show is, you know, we talk about film, we talk about the arts and all that stuff. I like to ask the guests, what's one of your favorite films? What's probably one of the worst films you've ever seen? And what's a guilty pleasure movie? My, my favorite film is um, Easy Rider, um, which is a, a, a great classic, you know, psychedelic era road movie. 
uh, featuring uh, Peter Fonda. Anyway, but it was scored by the birds. It's this great psychedelic, you know, it just kind of typifies if I was more of a man's man, what I would hope I would be like. It's a motorcycle movie. 1969, I got it right here. Easy Rider, directed by Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. It's Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda. Wow. Henry Fonda, wow. rather. Well, Jack Nicholson is in it. It's and one, a big role for Jack Nicholson, one of his first roles. Um, yeah, first an all-star major cast, roles. dude. So that's one of my favorites, um, but it's mostly because of the soundtrack. It's, it's really, if you have not seen Easy Rider, give yourself two hours. It's depressing as hell, but it's worth the watch. Yeah, it looks, I've um, never heard of this film. It looks, honestly, it looks, it looks like an old, <laughs> like, manly classics you know like yes like watching the great escape or or one of those like steve mcqueen films it's like that but instead of you know them doing cool things they're just on acid on motorcycles that's an absolute favorite i try to watch that a couple times a year you, you like it just because of the uh the, the cinematography kind of the message of it i mean how's the acting is it does it feel dated no, it's it's pretty spot on for that era. I mean, Dennis Hopper went on to have a great career as a director. Uh, I never, I never thought he directed anything ever. Yeah, I mean, and that was early in his career. Nicholson, obviously. So, I mean, it's great acting, and it, it perfectly captures that moment in time that, like, more than anything, I wish I lived through. Um, and the and the soundtrack is just amazing. Um, a lot of birds on there. They were the '60s, right? Late '60s, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, the birds are great. They're, they they kind of have like that funk psychedelic tone to them. Some of it. They also invented country rock. They invented folk rock. They invented country rock. They invented psychedelic rock in many ways. The birds was this great vehicle of invention, and then kind of David Crosby was in the birds in the early configuration. Graham Parsons was in the later configuration. That to understand that California sound from that era, start and finish with the birds. So Easy Rider, 1969, directed by Dennis Hopper. It's funny, every time I think of Dennis Hopper, I just think of his character in Waterworld. That's that's the only thing I ever knew I remember him from with the eye patch. He's just yeah. screaming at everyone. But that's cool, dude. That's that's a great recommendation. I watch a lot of horror otherwise. So like guilty pleasure movies are all horror for me. Um, I, uh, one one I, that I just saw, I've seen it a few times now, but I just rewatched it. It's called... Aterrados. It's out of Argentina. Argentina. Oh. Argen, it's Argentinian. Argentina. Um, Argentina. It's Argentine horror. <laughs> it's really haunting. Um, it's. I think it's called the Terror in English. It's called Aterrados in okay. uh, Spanish. That's streaming. Um, and then, I mean, like a guilty pleasure movie for me would also be horror. It'd be something like Cannibal Holocaust, which if you haven't seen, no, um, was it was suspected of being a snuff film. It was from the seventies. It's really. really it was like a new era of like of brutal horror and like they weren't sure if like there's rape scenes in it and they weren't it wasn't clear it turns out thank god nobody was raped on film jesus but at, at the time the buzz was like all of the violence is real um all of the rape scenes so, are real. why do you like it so much it's just it, it, it's again it's that era of, of horror where that was kind of like a transition point it's funny i never i never would have thought of you as a, a big horror fan it's it's mostly all i watch is horror yeah i mean and actually in the Pre-pandemic, I live right next to a movie theater, um, so I, I would I go all the time. That's that's what um, I miss the most, honestly. It's just going to a movie theater. Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space? No, but I know the film. I I, I know that's another reference. one. See that in theaters if you can. I saw that in theaters at a at Telluride Horror Festival, mm -hmm. and the director came on, and then they had the clowns, the actual prop clowns oh, no. came out on stage, and yeah, it was that, that was sick so stuff funny. like that. Bad horror, I kind of like because it's yeah. like. It's just like you just it's like watching Rocky Horror Picture Show where everybody just knows the routine. And one of the know. best uh, bad horror films I, I saw in theaters, I want to say like two years ago for Halloween, they had a midnight showing of Evil Dead. And I honestly had a great time because it's it's a good movie, but it's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's so because and the effects are so ridiculous. Oh, man. Just yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kudos to them for doing 
all practical effects. I mean, like, sometimes it's more impressive. You know, it's a lot of work, and you can see their effort, and it's it's kind of fun to watch. But, I mean, there's times where you laugh out loud because it's just so ridiculous. You know what I mean? Well, and the whole premise of that movie is sort of weird. It's like, if you've ever gone camping with your friends or, like, to a house, or, like, you get to the house, and if the house looks bad, you're like, we're not staying here. <laughs> and they had the opposite reaction. They get to this podunk cabin they're like wow it's gorgeous we love nature it's like i can't wait to spend the night here oh and let's look in the cellar yeah it's like i've never been in a house and been like let's make sure to look in the cellar i don't like being in an airbnb and looking in the bathroom cabin well the funny thing too it doesn't even seem like a nice like the woods don't even seem that pretty it just seems like somewhere like in florida it doesn't even seem yeah it's like like, are you making meth that's like this is the place you rent to make meth like you that goes to show how low the budget for that film was because they literally just got this this abandoned cabin probably brush it up just a tad and the rest was just shrubbery just all all yeah. like just bushes all around them that was it and then that that movie's so great too because it's like you don't they're not doing any nature things it's like normally you run a cabin it's like you go on a hike and like films today would be like here's some exposition here they are hiking and like in that film it's like we're at the cabin it's like it's time for dinner i'm drawing it's like let's go in the cellar a book Oh no! Yeah. It's it's like a student film. It's like there. It's very yeah. it's very bare bones. There's nothing crazy about it. The reason why people actually went to go see that, I think, because they sent a copy or they. I, I remember hearing a story. I might be botching this, but I remember hearing a story that they wanted Stephen King to endorse them, and I think he wrote something kind of nice about it. And so people actually went to go see it because he was like, you know, I. It's good to see like young directors and artists try to make something fun and but. But look, look how far it went. Like Bruce Campbell today is still doing Evil Dead, you know, stuff yeah. like TV shows. You know, they had sequels. It's created a, a life that no one ever would have thought it would be. You know, it's like a huge thing now. And that's the beauty for me of that era in film. So things like Cannibal Holocaust or uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, those movies weren't hits. Um, but they're exactly like same production quality mm-hmm. as Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and exactly. so and, and we're like Sam Raimi's a genius great horror director, but he just kind of like got lucky in that way. Same with like all the John Carpenter work. It's like John Carpenter's career just blew up. It's like, this is a great horror director. And most of those guys, it's just lucky. What's like a a terrible movie that you've seen? Something that you could even get through. You know what? I did not like it. I watched, I'm thinking of ending things. Um, did you see that? I was interested in seeing that too because it's Kaufman, right? And I was like, uh, "This is going to be good. Like, he's a good director, good writing." And I was like, "These are good actors." And as soon as it started, I was like, "Is this pretentious? Is this? Are, yeah. they, are they trying to be something more than it needs to be? Like, is this? Is it too artsy? Like, too avant garde?" And that's what it was. Honestly, I couldn't get through it. I fin- I, f- I watched like maybe the first thirty minutes, and I just turned something else on because I was like. I don't really feel like this is really hitting me right now. Yeah, I didn't like it. Everybody loved it. They were like, you have to watch it. I'm like, I don't really like romantic comedies or whatever, because that's mm-hmm. what I thought it was. Yeah. And they're like, it's not. It's like it's like a trip. And then I'm watching it, and I'm like, this isn't really a trip. It's like, it's just kind of sad. And, and it's almost like you're a fly on the wall during this yeah. family dinner, and it's just like, ugh, there's nothing about it that I am really, I, I really want to commit to. There's also a new Jim Jarmusch movie with Bill Murray. It's a, it's a zombie picture. The Dead Don't Die. Yeah, you know what? Pretty good. Pretty good. There were moments I was really frustrated by it where I'm like, this is dumb. But I think it was kind of like it it was being campy. Yeah, no, I actually it's funny. I watched it recently, too. And I love the cast. Bill Murray. I love Adam Driver. Uh, Tilda Swinton's always fun. And like everyone's kind of there as like just like as a cameo. And the Riz is in it as a UPS driver. It's great. Iggy Pop is in it as a yeah, zombie. As a zombie. Doesn't even yeah. have lines. Just, just no. Yeah. And he, I don't even think he was acting. They just woke in. They just woke Iggy Pop up and started filming him. He's just like. 
It's so true. He was just being, he was dressed like himself. Yeah, he has no idea there was a movie going on. He, was, he just so happened to be in town that day. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, it was so weird. Like, I was like, who is this for? You know what I mean? Like, what? who do they make this movie for? And like, at the end of the day, it's just supposed to be fun and all that. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So I want to cut really quick to do a quick ad. Is that okay with you? That's perfect. Hey, guys. Well, we're here from the... <clears throat> Let me start over. Hey guys, this is uh, Christian Lugo here, and we're taking a quick commercial break. Uh, we have a wonderful product here today. It's called the Vaccine for Flat Earthers. We have the founder here today. His name is Butch. What was, I'm sorry, what was Fire Firestarter! Oh, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's all fired up. Ladies and gentlemen, Butch Firestarter, the founder of Vaccine for Flat Earthers. Butch, thank you so much for being here. And it, I want to be clear, it's not uh, a vaccine for to cure flat earth belief, which is the only noble belief structure on this whole rigmarole they've been selling to us for 50 goddamn years. Neil Armstrong, Neil Armstrong was a little pansy boy. Anyway. Now, so, now do, do, you, do you take offense into people calling you a skeptic? I'm not skeptical, I'm a truth teller. But I'm, what, one thing I'll tell you, I'm not skeptical about is the curative properties of something uh, like the, the coronavirus vaccine mm-hmm. or uh, the flu shot. Nothing to be skeptical of there. But when it comes to the shape of this thing I'm living on, uh, I'm very skeptical, but I'm not a skeptic. So just to be sure, just, I don't want to confuse the audience. It's a vaccine to cure the coronavirus, but for the people who are skeptic about the coronavirus, so it's titled as the coronavirus vaccine for flat earthers, correct? Yeah, correct. I mean, one thing I've noticed on Facebook is there's groups for everybody. Here's the way to think about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Vaccine. Very small, very easy to understand, microscopic. The entire Earth, too big to think about, much more likely we're being lied to. So it's, so it's, with, it's better, what's better to understand if it, was, if it was flat, essentially. I'm a pro-vaccine flat earther <laughs> is what you need to understand. And there's not many of us. I took, I got three mortgages, uh, my life savings on this. My wife left me, but it's going to work. And I'm doing Sorry. this as a public service. I make the vaccines here at home. It's not, oh, it's not been vetted. Wait a second. Are these government approved? Government approved? Who do you think you're talking to? No. Well, you know what? Regardless, at the end of the day, I think what you're doing is for a good cause. And before we go, I want to I want to tell something just for your listeners. We've sure, got a sure. special deal. If they use the promo code, they go to my website, which is just 15 letters. You have to Google it. <laughs> I didn't buy the right domain. If they use the promo code, the government lied to us about Liberace being gay. All one word. Okay. $3 off. $3 off? Well, how much is a vaccine? How much you want? Uh, well, let's say it's a family of, uh, of, of four. Look, this is just my own blood I'm putting in the vials. That's a lot. That's going to take a lot. So there's going to be a weight on that. I can only ship off one or two doses. I mean, I get woozy. I have coronavirus currently. And the way, what I understand about vaccines. Okay. All right, Butch, thank you so much for being on the show. Okay. The government <laughs> lied to us about right. the Liberace being So really quick. Uh, I know we kind of talked about music earlier, so I think we're okay on that. You want to recommend one book? Yeah, I do. One sec. And he's off. Uh, yeah, I was going to look for a gag book, but I don't have any because I don't actually read. Um, so the only book I can recommend is one I actually did read. <laughs> it's the only book I've read in many, many years. Okay. But I do, I do like it. It's called The Holy Bible. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> 
this book is great. So it's called The Uninhabitable Earth. Okay. Life After Warming. I don't read fiction. This is nonfiction. It's about like how bad the climate crisis is. Oh. Um, but it's it's really useful because it's so hard to think about the whole climate thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this this lays it out in a way that makes you understand it. And even though things are going to get really bad, there's also reason to be hopeful. Mm-hmm. So I think anybody who wants to get a handle on that should read The Uninhabitable Earth. But I've got some other options for you. Mm-hmm. Do you ever write? Absolutely. I love writing. Do you handwrite? Uh, yeah, most of the time it's easy in a journal, if not on a laptop. I, 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 I rotate. What I've found is people who write things with their hands tend to have deep-seated psychological issues. So for that, I recommend this book. You Can Analyze Handwriting Wow! by Robert Holder. Well, you know it's an old book when the, when the outline is our yellow pages. Here's the handwriting of an adolescent rebel boy. Here is a girl revealing adolescent stresses and changes. My friend Jeffrey Epstein gave this to me, <laughs> and I've been, I've been using it. I steal people's diaries, and I read through them, and I, I figure that they're a person not inclined to take many chances. That's what this handwriting So who is that for? Pedophiles, I assume. They give that book for to uh, forgers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, I've never even opened this before. I'll show you. I just have a stack of books that I use to prop up my <laughs> desk. Uh, that's what I use. Yeah. I, I'm at my dining room table. But one of those is You Can Analyze Handwriting, which I actually haven't read. But I have read The Uninhabitable Earth. That one actually truly sounds great. And you know why? It's because... As much as people are skeptic about it, climate change is real. And and I like that it's called Life After Warming because, you know, a lot of people are kind of skeptic about it only because they're like, well, it's not affecting me and it's only going to affect us in, what, 10, 20 years, 50 years. What does it matter? I mean, it is kind of affecting us now. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can do to benefit the world as a whole. And, you know, it would be nice to do the most we can. It's all about like, it's all about helping you understand just how big of a problem Mm -hmm. this is. And it's big. I mean, and that's the thing that I've always struggled with. The problem seems so big that you're like, I don't know how to. Yeah. Well, if the earth was flat, it would be easier to just maintain all of it. And you know what some of these flat earthers believe is that there's an ice wall surrounding the earth. Is this real? Are you being serious? Yeah, this is a belief of some of them. And then like, then they have weird opinions on global warming as a result of that. Because they're like, well, we should just use some of that ice wall to oh my cool God. things out. It's like, yeah, just take some from the ice wall. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's insane. There's all sorts of differing theories about what the flat earth might look like. Mm-hmm. What are your, what, what's one of your favorite conspiracies? Uh, Stevie Wonder isn't blind. <laughs> There's a bunch of footage of him like grabbing mic stands and like, and he, oh, he has like 40 TVs in his house. I mean, there's footage. And he lives I've alone? I've a funeral with him before. Have you really? He was in the front row center. They, gave, they were like, give Stevie one. And by the way, you know who else was at this funeral? Like Barack and Michelle Obama, <laughs> President Clinton. What were you doing and there? I crashed it. <laughs> <laughs> of course you would. And they put Stevie Wonder in the front row. So that's, I believe, Stevie Wonder is a boy. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know if I can pack that up. There's footage of him catching a mic stand. It's like it's falling over. Whoop. <laughs> well, maybe he's just like partially blind. Stevie Wonder claims to be fully blind. <laughs> okay. Is he still alive? I don't even, I haven't even followed. He's alive and well, and more well than he's letting on. All right, cool. Here's a couple speed round questions. Uh, you can take your time with them or you can answer them in one sentence. What's an unrealistic dream job that you would love to have? Oh, fuck. I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like I have that now where it's just like insurance spokesman. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? That job shouldn't exist. You're on TV. I'd love to ho- I, I would love to host the Tonight Show. 
you would be phenomenal host at the Tonight Show. You really would. You really would. What talk show host from the beginning to now do you relate to the most? Um, my favorite is Carson, but the one I relate to the most is Conan. Conan, Conan has absolutely, my sense of humor. Yeah. absolutely. Conan is the best. Conan is. You listen to his podcast. He's got a great podcast. Yeah, Conan and Conan's a genius. That's the yeah. thing. Is Conan's just a smart guy. He is so one of the he, smartest guys I've ever listened to. I've ever like witnessed. He's so funny. He's so quick. Great hair. Great hair. Great. Yeah. Great. Good height. He's got like he's like six feet tall. All right. Cool. Whether you do or do not believe in reincarnation, what do you think you were in your past life? You know, I think I probably was a pretty um, simple organism, like a worm. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> the reason I say that is because this life is now that I'm human, there's so much, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and typically the whole reincarnation thing is like, you're being punished or rewarded. So I think <laughs> probably I was like a worm. I'm happy with my life now, so it means I was like a worm. All right, this one is, this one's fun. What's your ultimate dream breakfast? Um, I like, I like, you know what, believe it or not, I like one of those awful English breakfasts where it's like, you know, they call things pudding and then it's intestines. I like that because you can never have that. You can't go to Denny's and order that. You're like, they're like, Denny's has moons over my hammy. And then you go to England. They're like, well, we killed this this morning. Wait, so, so you're basically like, like a, like a home country breakfast, but like an English style, you know, it's like bangers. Yeah. Bangers, bangers and mash. mash. <laughs> I like, I like breakfast like that where I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I don't want to know. I don't eat breakfast though. Typically I actually don't eat meals generally. So, I mean, that's a tough question. No, I, I fast for days on end. Like right now I'm in the middle of a four day one. Are you really? You've been fasting for four days. Just what? Just no, coffee and I've water? I've been fasting for three. Yeah. Coffee, water, and tea. That is incredible, man. Good for you. That's insane. How long have you been doing that? About five years. Wow. That's incredible, man. That's crazy. How did you kind of get into it? I got into it first just by doing it. Um, just by default? Just, yeah. And then, and then as I did it longer and longer, then I started to research and the health impacts are, are, are significant and, and fairly well understood, although not completely understood. So now I have an app and I read the books and the blogs and, mm -hmm. but I don't watch the YouTube videos because those guys are always jacked. And they're telling <laughs> yeah. me about like hormones. It's like your brain isn't producing enough oxygen. And I'm just being like, I'm like, I'm just not eating. I don't need to know the chemistry. Well, Hey man, good luck. I wish you the best. All right. This is called this or that. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra. Coen brothers or Tarantino? Tarantino. Disney World or Universal Studios? I haven't, I haven't been to either of those. Um, is, which one can you drink at? Both. Uh, Disney World then. <laughs> okay. Uh, Owen Wilson or Luke Wilson? Luke Wilson. Great. The Office or Parks and Rec? I haven't seen either of those. Um, I, how about the British Office? Okay. Uh, sure, we'll go with that. Uh, Friends or How I Met Your Mother? I haven't seen either of those. Hey, you've never um, watched TV, huh? I'll tell you, I'll say friends because Ross was in Band of Brothers. I liked him in Band of Brothers, oh, Sergeant okay. Ross. So, That's cool. Yeah. Coffee or tea? Mm, coffee. Whiskey or beer? Whiskey. Soup or salad? Soup. Marvel or DC? I don't know. Which one's Batman? Uh, DC. I like Batman. I, you know what? I really like the Riddler. Okay. Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Why are the Riddler? I think it's very brave to wear green in public as a public figure. Because it's him and it's J.G. Wentworth. They're the only two. So those, and those are my two favorite superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> Indica or sativa? I don't consume cannabis despite having written the laws um, surrounding its use, but I would say probably knowing me, Indica is into couch, right? Mm -hmm. That sounds better. I don't need to, my mind to be doing anything. Yeah, same here. Uh, old school or new school? In terms of what? Well, the way I see it is like, are you an old school type of guy or are you new school type of guy? I mean, I would I'm say an old school. school. Yeah, I'm an yeah. old school type of guy. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, sweet or savory? Savory. Early riser or night owl? Uh, I'm both, but uh, lately early riser. Tacos or burritos? Tacos. Hot breakfast, 
cold dinner or cold breakfast or in a hot dinner? Cold breakfast or a hot dinner? Yeah. What? Who, who, the, who the fuck says cold breakfast? Well, like You're cereal. Like, like you can have cereal for breakfast or you can have like a, a like, I don't know, like a, like a bagel. Which one do you need to be hot? Which one do you need to be cold? Oh, I see. I see. That's a bad question. <laughs> um, I, I would, I'm happy with a cold breakfast and I would prefer a hot dinner. Okay. All right. See, there you go. That's fine. That's funny. Star Wars or Harry Potter? Star Wars. Sci-fi or spaghetti western? Spaghetti western. Shortcut or scenic route? Scenic route. Camping or glamping? So the people who... Glamping is better than camping. However, the people you go glamping with are the worst people you've ever met in your life. (laughs) And for that reason alone, I'm going to have to go with camping. Uh, Superhero or supervillain? Or the person working at the coffee shop while the building comes down? Okay, well... It's the 20th anniversary of 9-11 coming up. I don't think that's appropriate to talk oh my about. Uh, so, and in terms of supervillain, we already know his name is Osama bin Laden. And it is not something you should be celebrating. So I'm going to go with superhero, like George H. W. Sorry, George W. Bush. <laughs> okay. Classic bin Laden line. <laughs> yeah. Classic George W. Bush line. Oh, man. All right. Well, I think that concludes our episode. Last question at the end of the episode. What is your favorite noise? Oh, what the hell kind of question is that? Jesus Christ. Think about it, man. A lot of pressure. <laughs> I have the answer. <laughs> of course you mm-hmm. do. You know, if you've ever been at like an auction to, you know, buy something at an auction. I've or, never like, you're been at, to one, but I understand how they work. Yeah, or you're at a banquet. There's always like a boom, a little chime where it's like kind oh, of one of the next thing. Oh, yes, they get the people's it's attention. Just, it's a perfect xylophone sound. Boom. But is it on a and glass? you can see it. I don't know what it's on. I'm not a noise <laughs> physicist. I'm a noise musician. The reason I like it, especially at banquets, is they, you know, boom, and then it ripples. The, and you can see that it's the only time you ever see noise like this because then the crowd starts, you know. Oh, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like one little, like a piece of metal almost, and it just like, yeah, bing. boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah everybody like, does this. Yeah, oh, okay. And it's like we, we know what the sound is. Yeah, the, the last thing they say is, oh, anyways, I'll finish. I'll tell you later. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, I'll see you in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's your favorite noise, huh? Yeah, because it's the only noise where it's just like you could just watch everybody's actions change instantly. That's a good one. Cool, man. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, man. I appreciate you doing this. And uh, did you want to promote yourself? Um, yeah, follow me on Twitter. Okay. Uh, it's at Skylar McKinley. It's mostly uh, jokes about uh, how I am sad and lonely as a bachelor. That's Skylar with one K and McKinley also with a K. So that's S-K-Y-L-E-R-M-C-K-I-N-L-E-Y. And there's an at sign in front of it. At Skylar McKinley. That's both Skylar with one K and McKinley also with a single K. I'm going to have to, I'll put this in the episode notes because you just fucked everyone over. Uh, this is how I'm going to end it. I usually start a sentence and have the guest uh, finish it for me. Is that cool? Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, thank you so much for listening to a brand new episode of Conversations from a Room. Have a good night and... Uh, don't leave the rooms. Stay in the rooms. There's a pandemic. Listen to this from a room. You are also in a room. It's a room-themed year. And they, they'll get you. They'll get you if you go out there. The government. What you really have to do is figure out, here's a product, is how do you get the anti-vaxxers to take, you know, vaccines? Well, you just put them in McDonald's fries. Like, yeah, and then it's like, it's like, here's the new, yeah, the new McDonald's fries. We've changed, it's like when they rolled out new Pepsi, people were like, why'd they do that? It's like, well, they probably, you know, put fluoride in there or something. <laughs>